You are listening to the Stillbirth Matters podcast, presented by the Star Legacy Foundation, a national nonprofit founded on the belief that every pregnancy deserves a happy ending. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please give us a five-star review. Or better yet, go to StarLegacyFoundation.org and make a donation. My guests for this episode are Joanne O'Leary and Shirley Ochi Watson, and our topic is Bereavement for Grandparents. Joanne O'Leary has worked with bereaved families for 35 years, and her specialty is pregnancy that follows the loss of a baby. She facilitates a number of Star Legacy Foundation support groups, including the group for grandparents and extended family members. Shirley Ochi Watson is the grandparent of Kai Noah, who was stillborn in 2017, and she regularly participates in Joanne's support groups for grandparents. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. It's a very important topic. It absolutely is, because I think grandparents are often forgotten. Grandparents often um, come to the rescue of their children who are experiencing the trauma, and they put themselves uh, second behind um, their children. And grandparents have a very unique perspective on perinatal losses. Can you talk a little bit about what they bring to the table and the different types of grief that they experience? Well, certainly, as with every parent, watching your child um, having a problem is really awful. And when it's a loss of your grandchild, it's a double loss for them. It's their grandchild and then watching their adult, uh, their adult child in such intense grief and and they can't do anything about it and um, they are like the parents often just shocked that it even happened in this day and age and how would you describe their grief and the types of grief that they experience as opposed to a direct parent of the child who was lost you know they don't know what to say and they didn't know they don't know what their part in it is um they're they're wanting to reach out but many times the adults are in so much grief they don't reach out or they don't know how to help um and i think the biggest thing that we find in doing the groups is what do we what do i say and how do i say it and what can i do to help my child that isn't talking to me anymore. Before we bring in our other guest, Shirley, who has participated in your support groups, can you tell us a little bit about your support groups for grandparents? Um, what happens in those support groups and, and how productive those conversations are? Well, I actually facilitate, but they run the group. Um, and it's pretty amazing that there are people from all over the United States that um, share their stories, uh, reach out to other people that are also grieving. We just had two new people last Monday night or Wednesday night, and um, immediately another dad said, we're so glad you came, and we are here to help you, and it's going to be okay kind of thing. 
I still remember when we experienced the stillbirth of our daughter, Reese, uh, my mother was in the hospital with us and she knew what had happened. But then we decided, oh, someone has to call my wife's mom who lives out of town. And I delegated that task to my mom. And she will never forget the noise that came out of my mother-in-law's mouth when she heard the news. And I don't think any of us will forget that. And it was, it was so traumatic, trauma on top of trauma. And I want to bring in a grandparent, Shirley, uh, who has experienced a similar thing in life um, with Kainoa, the loss of uh, your grandchild. Can you tell us a little bit about the experience, um, why you decided to start participating in the support groups? What, just what does a grandparent need, really? Well... Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is one of those, it's, it takes your breath away. And you, I've had no experience uh, with loss like that. And it, I really, it, it just took every effort I had to breathe. And um, it, it, you do kind of go right into what can I do to help your children? And you follow the steps kind of like, you know, robotic to get through the first, whatever, all the, the needs that your children have. But soon thereafter, I, you know, I was felt so alone. I mean, you can't, you can't lean on your adult children because they are already grieving. And um, so I did a lot of reading. Um, and as soon as I could, as, as soon as I became aware of the grandparent group, uh, I decided that would be one avenue to connect with other people who had similar experiences and it does make a difference and Joanne talked about our group just this week there were so many uh, people who restated and even those people new to the group they were just so grateful to find Star Legacy as a resource and to, to hear about a grandparents group so that they connect connected with someone who understood that great awful noise that you talk about when you experience the loss of your grandchild. So that's what drew me to the group. And I continue to attend these monthly um, Zoom meetings because it does provide that sharing of, uh, of that experience and, and really how to, to keep going, how to take those breaths. And, and um, it, it's just, you don't feel like you're doing it by yourself and you don't feel quite as alone, at least from my perspective. To a grandparent who might have never has never participated in a grandparent support group before and is maybe on the fence about it, what would you tell them about this monthly group uh, to try to persuade them or try to give them the knowledge they need to make an informed decision about it? I think it's important that they know that um, what they're feeling is normal for um, what other grandparents might be feeling and it's a place to come where everybody in the group understands it's you know it's the kind of group you don't want to belong to but you know it's there and another big I think topic is what is normal grief that my child is going through because some people are just like is this normal that she isn't talking to me anymore or you know that the relationship I used to have with my adult child has changed drastically and how do I get it back? And I think the other grandparents are really good, as Shirley said, of just saying, 
it's going to be okay. You need to let them lead. And that is the hardest thing for any parent to do when you see your adult child in any kind of pain is keeping your mouth quiet. <laughs> so, and, um, and Joanne, you may have led into my next question, which is what are some of the common concerns or challenges you hear from grieving grandparents? Is that number one? Yeah, I would say it is. What is normal? What happened to the relationship that I had with my, um, my child and, um, why aren't they trying to? Uh, why aren't they trying to move on? Uh, why are they avoiding holidays and seeing little cousins? I mean, it's a huge, huge thing. And actually, it is for grandparents too. There's a lot of grandparents that don't want to go to baby showers anymore. That have a really hard time. <sighs> there was another baby born in the family, and the grandmother said, "I'm just struggling with." how can I embrace and love this little baby when my other grandchild isn't here? And then in the pregnancy that follows, there's questions about that too. Why can't they be happy now? And what is normal? And, you know, why aren't they forgetting the other baby? That was one of the things I, I found in one of the people that was not from the U S culture where she was like, in my culture, you, you just move on and you just forget about the other baby and they should be happy. They should be happy now that they have a new baby in the home. And I don't understand why they are still grieving their other child too. So in the group, they find out, you know what, because that other child is still your grandchild too. And you need to always honor them. And uh, Shirley can talk about, she's been really good at giving people ideas on, how to honor the missing grandchild. Well, I, I, uh, to just go back to your original question, Chris, that, that um, communication is a real key thing that keeps coming up at a lot of the sessions. The, the grandparents walking on eggs is what we, eggshells is what we talk about. And it's not only with their, uh, their, their grieving children, but even within the relationships uh, between grandparents there, you know, some, some grandparents, feel like they want to talk about it all the time. And, and, you know, there'll be, you know, a spouse that, you know, grief is so personal. It's too hard for them to talk about uh, a lost grandchild. So we try to talk about ways that, you know, that to um, be able to grieve without in a way stepping on toes. I mean, we have to be respectful and not judge how people are dealing with their grief. So we talk about, um, you know, first of all, self-care, you, you need to take care of yourself. And, uh, but a lot of grandparents will, um, you know, find symbols or little tokens that help them uh, remember and keep their grandchild close. It could be a, a, a rock garden or uh, a toy, something like that, that provides them comfort that they might not be able to get from, you know, their spouse or their family or, or even friends. Um, so, uh, those are some of the challenges that, that we often talk about and we're able to, some of the other grandparents have found ways to, that, that helps soothe our soul. And so, um, that's one of the things that we do seem to touch on most every meeting. Don't you think, Joanne, things mm -hmm. that we can do to help, help us with our continuing grief, because we know it's not something that just goes away. And, um, 
to let people know that it's it's okay. Yeah, I would say the continuing grief and the continuing bond. That's very important for parents that the grandparents don't forget the deceased baby and to make sure on holidays and events that that grandchild's name is still mentioned because it's so painful to have. Um, well, I just think about at Christmas, the people in the pregnancy after loss group did not want to send, uh, you know, traditionally they sent pictures of their family and they don't want to do that anymore because there's a, a family person missing. So it's important to help the grandparents understand that. And I think another big thing that maybe we touch on sometimes in group, but because it's only once a month, not often enough, is they really are the uh, memory keepers for the cousins and the other grandchildren. And I really try to encourage them to buy children's books about grief and loss so that they understand why their own uncle are different people now. And that that cousin, missing cousin, is still a cousin in the family. And they play a really important role in uh, keeping that memory alive. I mentioned at the top of this conversation that grandparents are often forgotten because it's, a, it's the secondary loss, I guess, if you will. And this whole conversation is making me reflect on, I was so focused on myself. I was so focused on the shock of the loss. I was so focused on my wife. I didn't have the mental and emotional capacity to think about my parents and how they were doing. Of course, I was occasionally wondering about it, but I didn't have time to totally invest in that. And I'm wondering, Joanne especially, do you have any advice for the, the children of the grandparents who experienced the loss and how to interact with their parents uh, in, while they're grieving? Well, certainly how you responded is pretty typical of how most people respond. You're right. You don't have the energy to, um, I think the biggest thing that I found in my research that parents want is to make sure that their child is remembered and to send out, you know, ask the grandparents to make sure that somebody, uh, on a holiday, a candle is lit for the memory of that child there, or somebody says something when they say grace, you know, um, remember our missing grandchild. So it's so individual, like Shirley said. Right. Absolutely. Um, I want to just get into this a little bit more. Shirley, you touched on this a little bit, but um, it seems like Joanna alluded to the fact that you've been really good at this and some of the things that grandparents can do to honor, uh, the baby who has been lost. Do you have any examples, tangible examples of that? Oh, oh, sure. Um, and then remember that, you know, I speak for myself as, um, a grandmother, but it, it isn't something that came easily for my husband. So oftentimes we're looking for things that, would help soothe my soul, but not but up against the things that that he found hurtful. Um, but something uh, like Joanne said, we had we have candles um, that we light when we gather for special occasions. 
um, if there have been far and few between photo opportunities, especially with COVID, but, you know, having something in the picture of Kainoa. So if you have a little bear that, that he's always included in those family pictures. So there's, we're not looking at pictures and saying, oh, he's, uh, somebody's missing. Um, people have had gardens or uh, trees that have been donated um, to uh, local parks that are benches that help, um, help parents and grandparents remember. Um, we have a little chime and just hanging in our kitchen. And although it's hard for my husband to talk about a Kainoa on any kind of, you know, regular basis, it's always, it really touches my heart in the morning when I'm still in bed and I can hear the chime. Cause as he goes by, he just hits the chime. And so I know he's thinking about our, our child, but not maybe expressing it in a way that I would, um, uh, jewelry, a lot of women talk about jewelry, um, things, uh, oftentimes grandparents or, or actually parents come up with some kind of symbol, be it a butterfly or a rose or a dragonfly. And so a lot of grandparents bring that into their workspace or carry around with them to help them with just remember, always keeping the memory of that grandchild close in it, you know, just helps soothe the soul and bring a little peace. Um, but yeah, memories like that. Dolls also. Joanne, is there, can you think of anything that in particular that we talked about? Oh, pictures. Some, that's another big topic. You know, some families are okay with having pictures of the baby, but yet, again, it's one of those things that you have to um, play with because it, for some family members having pictures um, of the grandchild around that were taken um, at the hospital is, is just too painful. So it is trying to find that balance of what provides comfort for one without uh, distressing someone else in the family. And I remember another grandfather that um, built a beautiful wooden box or a memory box for his grandchild. And that was his way of, he didn't, want to talk about it so much but he needed to do something with his hands actually grandfathers are kind of a lot like bereaved fathers and they don't necessarily join a group but they want to do something physical to uh, remember their child and the other thing for hospital staff to think about is to uh, I just remember this African-American man telling me a bit ago that when his daughter's baby died, nobody asked his son how he was doing, nor did they ask how he was doing. And uh, it's important that they're addressed too, and not just to tell bereaved parents when they leave, you're going to grieve differently. Also say your parents are going to grieve differently too. So yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit more because we, you know, in, in all the people I've met through Star Legacy and all the other couples that have lost babies, we talk a lot about the difference between mom and dad and how they grieve. And some of it is because the difference in how we're wired and some of it is because mom carried the baby for that amount of time and, and dad didn't. Are we seeing a similar difference between grandmas and grandpas, or is the gap closed a little bit in terms of, of how they grieve? Is it is it very similar in terms of the gender differences, Joanne? You mean similar as to bereaved parents? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it is. I mean, definitely we need to reach out more and get more research on this. But yeah, especially if they haven't talked to, you know, they didn't talk about grief when they were growing up. They're surely not going to talk about it now. And that's what makes it really hard. Joanne, every time I talk to you, I like to capitalize and just ask this question because it's something I'm always interested in. You've been in this space for a while now. And how are we doing in the stigma conversation in terms of um, shattering the stigma around stillbirth and pregnancy loss? Are we improving? Are we stagnant? What's your observation? And I wish I could say it's improving, but I don't. I think it is a little because our legacy is out there with so many people. I think because of the groups, um, people find out ways to honor their um, their deceased children. And grandparents are starting to find out ways in the group about what they can do because they lose family and friends too. I mean, a lot of grandparents have said to me, uh, their friends would say, are you still talking about that baby? It's been a year or, you know, why haven't you gotten over it? And they, I think that's one of the powers, strengths of the group is they learn also how they can start advocating for their deceased baby and um, advocating for better health care for their adult children. Joanne, earlier you referenced uh, the, the work you've done with couples from Sri Lanka and India, and I just want to tap into that a little bit more. The cultural differences that you observe in grief. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because all I really know is what my culture is, and I'm really curious how others approach this and what what their um, what their normal is, if you will. Yeah, that's a good question because it's not just that group, but um... I know the Somali culture too, and the Hmong culture, because we've had some of those families in our groups. They tend to want to have their parents move on. Um, on the other hand, um, the couple, one of the couples from India, her father came from India and did all these wonderful things for them and did help honor their child. So it's important to figure out and ask you know, how does your culture respond? And now that we have more cultures coming in um, to, you know, to start legacy and into our community, it's really important to help them because like the Hmong culture, they just don't want them to talk about that grandchild at all. And some of these moms are, well, too bad. I'm going to. So Shirley, my final question for you, which I like to ask people in your position is, you know, it's been, what, three and a half years since um, Kainoa was stillborn. And I'm wondering if you talk to a grandparent who just lost a baby, who just lost a grandchild, uh, whether this is real or hypothetical, is there anything you can think back to what you learned and what you know now? And what advice you would give a grandparent who's going through what you went through three and a half years ago? Well, sadly, Chris, it, it seems like every time we log on, there is a family that has a recent loss. And, you know, it's on Zoom. You can't give them a hug. Um, you, can, you can only express, you know, your, your, 
your Zoom picture, how you're reacting. And we're all so very sad. And I think um, our first reaction is we are so sorry, but we understand exactly how you're feeling right now. And it doesn't take much for us to go right back to that telephone call that we got. And um, it just like, just that we're here. We understand the pain you're going through. But I think at most of the meetings, um, I don't know, you know, really how helpful I am, but I'd like to at least say it's been three and a half years. The loss will always be there. Um, but it, it does, it's not always going to be so hard. And for those parents that, that are grandparents who just lost, I mean, within weeks or months, it's like their wound is so, it's so raw and so open. And all you can say is we're so sorry and we understand and, please know that it won't always hurt this hard, but you know, and, and we're here for you. And I think that's the big news is, or at least what I try to restate is you do not have to go through this alone. Know that we will be here to, to support you. I, it, I always feel bad at the end of a session. It's like, you know, it's a hour session uh, once a month. And, and I do think about the sessions afterward and wonder, you know, did, did we help support that family. Um, but with just our last recent um, Zoom meeting with two new grandparents, they were just so, they, you know, sobbing, but through their sobs, you could hear that they were just so grateful to, to reach out to someone they knew, understood exactly what they were feeling. Nope, that answered your question. But. It, it absolutely did. And surely I, I have one more question for Joanne, but I, before I do that, I want to thank you for your time and sharing all of your really tangible thoughts with us. And it's just so nice to hear from someone who's been through it and who is experiencing these, these support groups. So thank you for your time. You're Joanne, one more question for you, and that's just uh, how can people learn more about these grandparent support groups? And um, for someone who may be on the fence, uh, what can you say to them to entice them to give it a try? Um, I think they should give it a try. Um, and I've been doing a lot more presentations on the topic now. And the other thing that Shirley mentioned that I think we should follow up on is self-care. Because uh, in getting ready for the one I have to do in March, I found a, a new article that talks about, it was uh, mothers and grandmothers, but the grandmothers also had depression, post-traumatic stress symptoms from what happened at the event and uh, were still were grieving and not knowing and had friends that weren't helping them. So taking care of yourself is huge, huge, huge. And um, yeah, we just need to get the word out more that grandparents need to be acknowledged too. Joanne, I love it every time I get to talk to you. Uh, thank you for all that you do for the Star Legacy Foundation and all of these wonderful people, including the grandparents. And uh, thank you for making time to be on the podcast. We forgot to mention, sorry, the aunts and uncles, because they've been on the group too. And they also have the same issues as grandparents. What do I say? How do I help them? How do I honor my niece and nephew? Is it okay to bring my living children over um, and to acknowledge how painful that might be for them? So are aunts and uncles welcome in the grandparents group or is that a separate group? No, no, they come. It's for grandparents' extended family members. 
Wonderful. Uh, in fact, we have somebody that's been in group that is best friend to the sister of the deceased uh, baby. So it's really open for anybody that wants to know how to help a bereaved a brief parent. That's wonderful. Joanne, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Great to see you. Thanks, Shirley. That's all for this episode of the Stillbirth Matters podcast. I'm Chris Duffy. Thanks for listening. Thank you.